right, welcome to the uh, Ocean Water Podcast. I have my good friend David Ordaz uh, on with me today. So a little bit of background about David. David actually grew up in Tijuana, which I know we'll talk a little bit about. And uh, him and his wife uh, have now started a church in San Diego. It's a very, very interesting story. They're being really, really successful. Very interesting guy who speaks every Sunday, both a full message in English and a full message in Spanish. Uh, one church uh, meets in a mall. David's, uh, David's a very, very smart guy. And then just on a personal note, I met you within the last year. We were yeah. at a retreat together in Ventura. And um, every once in a while, you, you meet someone and you just hit the ground running with them. Yeah, and uh, you just right away feel uh, just great energy. And then we actually got to spend three hours on the train from Ventura yeah. all the way back to San Juan Capistrano when Marie and I got off. And through that three-hour time together, we just became really good friends. So I just want to say thanks for being with us today, brother. And I'm really looking forward to this to this conversation. So, yeah, uh, man, yeah, awesome. So, David, when you're at home these days um, in San Diego, I know you're originally from Tijuana, you were born there and grew up there. But when you're at home in San Diego these days, uh, what do you get to eat? Where do you go? What do you get? You know what? Uh, I've been missing usually at least once a month. My family from Tijuana comes to San Diego and we eat together and they bring me the original authentic like TJ food, you know, so I've been missing my TJ food. But um, honestly, here in the house, we've been we've been it's helped us because we've been staying quite healthy in our house. You know, we uh, because we are pretty much limited on going out to eat and going out to all this, then we, we stayed home. We do everything fresh, like, you know, fresh sandwiches or salads or, or chicken. Uh, it's been good. Once in a while, I break out the, the barbecue and do a few burgers with the kids and, and some carne asada, you know. But uh, other than that, it's just been healthy, wholesome, like home food, you know. It's been a while since we've all sat down together, just had home food. You know what I'm saying? Just here prepared, everybody pitching in in the kitchen and then sitting down to have a meal, which has been awesome. 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 Because we, we are, we've usually fall, fell into that, the fast food, uh, just dynamic, you know, the fast food yeah. culture and with quarantine, because that's out of the, you know, just out of the mix. Um, we've been all enjoying the kitchen together and the dining, uh, dining together moment. So it's been good. It's been really good. Great brother. Um, so David, tell us like what, what are you what are you doing these days, and how did you get into it? Well, um, at the beginning, a few months ago, my dad had told me about this series on Netflix, and I just shoved it off. And now that I was in quarantine the first week, not knowing how much this was going to last, I'm like, okay, let me dive into this. And it's called, I don't remember what the series is called, but it's this around this lady called uh, Mary Kondo. And she's like this Japanese lady that organizes everything. Well, I saw the first episode and I was hooked. And so I cleaned out everything. My closet, I did the big pile of clothes. Uh, we sent a few clothes out to, you know, Goodwill. We organized the living room. We organized the, um, the pantry. We organized the, just like the, you know, the, the garage area, the outside. That's what we've been doing, in all honesty. Like, that takes a lot of my time to, um, it, it kind of distracts me from the tensions of what's going outside and just lets me enjoy the, the house and the home that God gave us. And, 
And on top of that, we're still working. So I still pretty much am working. I've never had a, a day that I'm just like off, but um, I really got into that and I've been enjoying it a lot. I, I even my backpack is, is fully Mary Kondo. I don't know how you say it, but that's what I've been into. <laughs> I love it, man. I, man, I love you, bro. You're the, first, you're, the first, you're the first guy that I've had on here that has like a ton of people at his church. And you're the first person that I've asked what they're into and they did not talk about it. You talked about it now. <laughs> why do we hit it off right away, man? Um, but, okay, so um, if, if, current, if current David can tell like, 20-year-old David, like a couple things, what might he say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a real tough one. That's a real tough one because I bet, and I've seen other of your podcasts and like uh, other guys that you've invited and everything, and I, I, I really resonate with everything people have been saying. For me, one of the things, uh, and I, I kind of thought about this for a while, but it was watch your pace. You know, pace in life is such a cool such an important thing. And it takes, it takes years to develop the right pace in, in, in how you do life and how you do leadership and how you do ministry and how you do family, the right pace. Sometimes when you're, when you're younger, I think you, you feel this pressure to do things quicker, faster. Uh, you feel that that's more efficient. The faster you go, you know, the, the more things you can turn around, the better you're at. I think even now, we're in a culture where busyness equals success, right? The busier you are, if you're on the phone and texting and writing in Ubers and just fixing five, seven, 10 businesses, that means you're successful. And I, I really think there's a danger to all that because I don't think busyness equals success in my personal opinion. Uh, so I think for me, one of the things that I would tell myself, my younger self would be, you know, watch your pace. Watch your pace. I love little verses in the Bible, like the one that says, be still. You know, when you're still, that's, that's kind of like a pace that you have to, when you read in Genesis that even God rested, right? It's not because he was tired, because God doesn't get tired. Omnipotent, right? Never runs out of energy. Yeah. But there's, there's a secret to, to finding your pace, to finding how um, you, can, you can walk the walk in God without rushing into things. And I think in that pace, in that timing, we, we find ourselves easier in the center of God's will. We find ourselves uh, e easier to, to enjoy what God wants us to enjoy and to bless who, who God wants us to bless and to keep moving forward towards the direction that God wants us to keep moving forward. So for me, I think the pace, the overall pace of our lives and our, our walk with God would be something I would tell myself over and over and over again. I love the fact that you, you brought that up. I have, um, I'm here in my garage, which is where, where my office is. And uh, on, one, on one whiteboard, I have written uh, my race, which is what I feel like uh, the things that are, that are on my heart that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, we call that a calling, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on another whiteboard, I have uh, written down uh, my pace. Mm -hmm. And that's like what I... Uh, write right out every day to get done. So I, I use this tool where I, I spend the last five minutes of the day planning the outlining the next day. That's really helped me be more focused. But I just love what you said. There's something about, you know, if you use the metaphor of being a runner, you know, some guys run a run a five minute mile, man. Those are like world class runners. 
Some people like myself, I run like a 12 minute mile. Like yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes like you'll, you'll hear people talk and you'll kind of be like, yeah, that guy, he runs like a six minute mile. I don't really know if I'm, you know, so I, I love what you said about yeah. one of the, one of the great things uh, about getting older is you, you get more self-aware and that's a gift. Absolutely. You know, you, you finally kind of get comfortable in your own shoes and better to run want to run your own pace. I, I love that word, man. So, so these days, what are you, what are you really curious about? What are you really, what are you interested in? You know what, one of the things that for me, um, and just to explain a little bit about where I'm at right now, uh, a few months ago, September of last year, we actually church planted a church here in San Diego, right? So, um, we were going, we had all these plans, we had all this calendar, we went to uh, we were part of networks, church planning networks, and through our denomination and just uh, learning from people that five years ago church planted and, and to, going through all the motions. And I had the playbook and the plan and, and everything said. I, I'm very melancholic on that sense where I, I, I like to plan. I'm a planner. I like to see things in front of me and know where I'm going. And so for the first months, everything went Excellent. According to plan, September, October, November, December, and January, perfection, like the days, the weeks. And then things started happening. Like a lot of things started changing um, that weren't according to plan. And uh, this led me into two things that I've been really studying uh, intentionally, really looking for uh, advice, looking for direction, uh, both on uh, let's call it the academic and the secular side and also in the biblical and the church side, right? Both of them. I, I feed a lot. But so these are the two things that I've been really diving into. Number one is how to manage situations that aren't planned. How do you manage situations that you didn't plan for or you weren't even ready for? You had no preparation for. A, a small example of that is we... Uh, online church was never on our radar, not for the first maybe year or to two years. We were going to focus on the local, build those relationships. So doing online church was not in our radar. So when the quarantine happened, we didn't even have cameras. Like we had nothing. We, 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 we didn't know how to address this. So that was one of the things. How, how do we address it? How do we manage situations that are just not planned? And then the other situation, the other side that I've been studying a lot is how do we react? How do humans react to things that are unplanned? Uh, it could be a negative thing like a crisis or it could be a positive thing like a great opportunity. But it, how do we manage? And I, I've been I've read several books on the Enneagram and, and done all those tests, you know, and I think that became a very popular uh, subject and I really love it. And so even with the with the crisis is depending on how we are as humans, how do we react? How do we respond? How does it hit us? Uh, you know, when things are out of the control, right? Out of our planning. And with that same area is how does two different people that feel or manage situations completely different ways, how can we still band together instead of drifting apart? Instead of becoming part of two different teams of two different mindsets, how can we stick together and complement each other and help each other get through it even better than what we would have just by ourselves? Um, and, and I've been reading some books about it and just, you know, looking for information online and talking to some people. 
but that has fascinated me because I've, I've been learning about myself a lot and I've been learning about the people that I do life with a lot, my teams, uh, volunteers, church, you know, uh, people that I serve, my friends, like, you know, you and I, we talked about a little bit of this last week. And so just, it's fascinating to me right now when, how do we react? How do we uh, approach these situations? So good, man. I, it's one, I love what you said about um, you know, trying to understand how to bring people together. Yeah. That's a very hard uh, thing to do at times. And, but, but also, I love to ask that question because you know, you know, you know how it is uh, just the importance of staying really interested and, and really curious about life. It's really a really key quality to have as a person, to have as someone who, who's an ongoing learner, someone who wants to grow. And uh, so I, I'm, I was a great love, love what you're getting into right now. Um, yeah. So you can hang a bit of a right. Um, yeah. What is, what is kind of your, your understanding of the world of water mm -hmm. right now? You know what? Uh, I would say it's very limited, but I am very interested in it. I, one of the things on my bucket list, if you will, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is um, climb Mount Kilimanjaro. The reason why Mount Kilimanjaro is one of the seven highest points on earth, but it, it has a, a side, it has a face where you don't need a high degree, right? A high level of mountaineering experience and climbing experience uh, you take a course you know seven weeks and then do it so this all began because a few years back i saw that some people were raising money to uh to, and, and awareness for the water situation in the world by climbing mount kilimanjaro and so that almost connected a passion of mine that i've always wanted to do with planting a seed in my heart of what the situation is. Uh, on the other side as well, like with this, I grew up in Mexico. I grew up in Tijuana, Mexico. And we would do local missions there, local missions. So I live in a, a middle high class to Mexican standards, right? In Tijuana, Mexico. And you could drive five miles from my house, maybe 10, 15 miles. And you are in a slum, like in a literal Mexican slum where uh, still sewage water runs through the streets. Yep. Now, this is a few minutes. I know you have experience with that. Um, you don't see that here in San Diego, for instance. In TJ, that's a reality. Ten minutes from my house, uh, you can go to a slum where the, the, the situation of water is dire, really. Like, it, it, you can see the effects of people. I got to go on a... Um, missions trip to Oaxaca and we got there on a bus and then they took us with a van for another like 12 hours into like the, the rural rural areas of Oaxaca and it is amazing that Oaxaca has very where we were at even though there's well springs of water and all of this the number one liquid consumed by people is coca-cola because it coke is everywhere I don't know how they get it there I don't know how they distribute it there but then we saw problems of everything, everything, every single health problem that you can, everything from child obesity, like serious, because they give babies Coke. This yeah. is where, like, it's... it's yeah, and, what, and what people don't, what people don't understand is, is the reason why that's possible is because 
in many instances, it's hard to understand this, but the cost of Coca-Cola is less than the cost of water. And that's where I was going. Uh, it, it's 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 mind-boggling because I had this conversation with with missionaries that are based there in Oaxaca, and where we were at, and so I asked them. I asked them, why do I see uh, bimbo bread, which is like this, like hostess, right in the U.S. in Mexico is bimbo, bimbo and Coke everywhere, like in every home, and and he told me because it's cheaper to to bring Coke to exactly to bring Coke to, to households everywhere, uh, indigenous households, than to actually bring fresh water, like the, the fresh water. And so this, this was very alarming to me because you could see the great effect um, in households, in like the micro area, right? The micro economy of, of households and, and their health and how people get uh, diabetes, you know, everybody has diabetes and, and they're going through a lot of different things to the other side where in their own uh, villages, uh, you, we were, uh, we had to shower with almost like recycled water. You know, they, they have these like filter systems, but that water, you can't do it for like somebody scratched their knee and we were going to use that water. And they said, no, 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 no. Don't use that water to clean, you know, your, your cut or whatever. Uh, go ahead and use alcohol or use something else. So the water is not even clean to do that. And so that is, that is my personal connection and to the awareness of, of the water situation. Very much close to home because I am, you know, I grew up in Mexico. I am connected with Mexico. And so uh, not only in my hometown of Tijuana, but also going on missions trip in, in Mexico, I've seen firsthand the 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 reality of how scarce and how how needed fresh water is in these communities yeah yeah i i, I resonate in fact i literally just spoke with a very one of my closest friends the other day about 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 tijuana about about northern baja and people don't really understand the water situation there it's actually something i'd like to be talking with you about and praying about you know with with ocean water we do, we do um we do ocean-based systems that turn ocean water into drinking water however uh we we do two things we we plant churches we we plant ocean water churches those are people that say i want to go start ocean water church but also we help churches start churches that are not called where, where they install a, a water system that I understand because I have a, a background in public health. But one of the things like uh, I think you'd be really interested to talk about and think about is how could we begin to pray and think about doing something down where you grew up. Yeah. Where you, I know your heart there. I, in fact, it sounds weird to say this. You would probably prefer to live there. <laughs> I, know you, I know you really well you know how much you loved it there and it sounds yeah. it sounds like and i know your heart is there and I, but yeah. i also know that god has you where you're at yeah and that it's totally clear that you're supposed to do that but you know there's such a there's such a big need when when you start to go into areas where where you're from where you where you grew up also you know in in south africa where where you've been People don't 
understand, you know, Cape Town and Johannesburg are experiencing what's called day zero. So what happens is there comes a point where all of the existing infrastructure that, that the government has put in place, it comes to the place where it doesn't work anymore. Wow. And so that's happening at a faster rate than people would expect. Yeah. And so the, the people that get left behind in these scenarios are, are poor, always the poor. The poor are left drinking Coke, the poor are left eating the bead ball. The, yeah. the, 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 the middle class and, the, and uh, those who have economic resources, they'll just simply pay more for, for water. But right. the people that get left behind are people that, that don't have infrastructure and mm -hmm. don't have a voice. Yeah. And, um, and those are the people that, that we, have, we have a heart for. Yeah. And that, and that, and that we care about. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, just, it's just such an interesting time. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'd like to do is, is go, go down to Tijuana with you at some point. That'd be amazing. That'd be great. And, uh, and start, to, start to dream. Yeah. Everything begins with the dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, one of the things and with what you're saying, and to me, it's really interesting that uh, water allows you to see the, 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 how do you, how do you say it? the most, the most important necessities that cultures have, uh, because it doesn't matter whether you're in Tijuana or like you were saying, South Africa or wherever you're at, when you get down to it, the most essential bare needs that human, you know, that everybody requires uh, really brings something raw about humanity, right? It just brings it so, so I remember when we were in Oaxaca and we would talk to people and we were able to take some, you know, just portable uh, uh, water there and, and we, we had rations for the towns that we were going to visit when we went to their homes to actually deliver these like gallons of water, you know, for people, it was just such a, you could see the peace that, that overwhelmed people, like the, how they treasure what really matters, right? Like how they, how their lives change, their attitudes change the, they, they're living in such an anxiety level because they don't have access to what they really need that when we, uh, you know, very humbly provide it or take it to them, man, the connections and just what you experience through that is such a, such a God thing, you know, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to see what is really valuable for us as humans that sometimes we can forget. David, I just want to say on behalf of everybody that's going to meet you for the first time today and, and just thanks for taking time out of your, your schedule. I don't, you're the only guy I know who speaks in Spanish and English every week. <laughs> I don't know, man. They say your friends are your friends, so maybe that's where I'm headed. <laughs> My wife would like to see me speak in Spanish. She's really yeah, man. She, she loves it. Um, but do you have any just just last words for us today, brother? Anything on on your mind we need to hear? Absolutely. You know, the other day I was talking to my boys. I have I have uh, three kids, two boys and a girl. And one of my boys just graduated from um, middle school and is going to start high school. And so, and my other son is already in high school. And so we were talking about it. And with not so many words, the discussion was, um, it, it's so easy sometimes to see, it seems like it's so easy to see the, the darkness in the world. Like sometimes it's just so easy to see how, how dark things can get and with the news and, 
what we see sometimes and read sometimes and and how humanity fails ourselves like how we fail ourselves you know as humans sometimes and that's where the conversation was headed and and uh, what i told him was you know what uh that's why for us it's such an important thing to do good that's why for us the bible says don't get tired of doing good because every time you turn a light it beats darkness it doesn't matter how small your light is every time you turn it on it'll beat darkness a hundred percent of the time light will beat darkness and that's why for us taking steps of faith taking steps of doing good collaborating one with each other you know seeking the good of others as well striving to to be good to do good is such a vital thing for us to do not only as as christians but as humans as humans um and so to all the you know ocean water church family and to everybody that logs in and and, and listens to me is it's such an inspiring thing for us to have a calling to do good in any way, shape or form, because yes, sometimes it's easier to see dark situations in our world, but man, if we can turn on that light, you know, light beats darkness a hundred percent of the time. And I love that. So inspiring. So cool. Love it, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, have a epic rest of the day, brother. Love you, man. You too, bro. Love you, Ryan. Thanks, David. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>